Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hey mamas, this is Rachel Norman and I am back. It is a big week over here. I have basically unveiled our brand new, um, it's basically a program because it's going to be eight weeks that we do together called Nurture and Play. And essentially, this is the question I'm, at, I'm getting asked. Is this like play therapy at home? So I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Just have a place where I could chit chat and just share and more than just kind of the page where you go to get all of the info. So essentially, I started it. I am an authorized language of listening coach. Let's just put it there at the beginning. I've done years of training, lots and lots of coaching, had lots of coaching, done lots of coaching. And it's just a certain parenting um, paradigm that this, you know, works with how, how kids work. And this is where you hear when I talk about doing say what you see, which is just explaining without questions what's going on, giving the kids strengths, having can do's, which are, you know, allow you to have boundaries. So I can talk more about that later. I've talked about it in different, um, my mentorship and different things, but essentially it is, and it, it doesn't fall into any clean, you know, it's not like gentle or this or that. It doesn't really fall into anything. It's basically just how to bring out your kids' strengths while keeping your own boundaries and having faith that your kids are, you know, able to do some of this stuff on their own. It's just very supportive, hands-on, um, empowering type of parenting. And so one of the things, one of the tools inside this language of listening, and now language of listening has been around for decades. Sandy Blackard is the founder and she was actually mentored by Dr. Gary Landris, who is a pioneer, you know, play therapist, child center play therapist. And that's what he did. And so she worked for a long time with therapist groups in, you know, where she lived. And it, so it, it goes hand in hand. Let me just put it like that. Is nurture and play? Are these play times that I'm talking about like play therapy? Well, yeah, but you're not a therapist. So they're not. That's the long and short of it. They are therapeutic in nature and they use evidence-based approaches and strategies during the playtime, certain toys that help kids bring up what's going on. That's the long and short of it. But I did, so this is where I'm going to talk a little bit about myself in this. So years ago when I was doing language of listening training, I actually was doing some, maybe it was my second year of training when I had cancer during cancer, I got diagnosed while I was doing this. Okay. And one of the things that we needed to do as part of our training was these play times with our kids, these 30 minute once a week play times where we got there same time, same place, you know, and I had five kids, so we didn't do all five kids at once. Okay. Um, but this is what part of what our training was. And I remember thinking like, I, I don't know. I don't really know if I need to do like what. Okay, I'm going to do it because I paid for it. And also, you know, I, I had cancer. I was craving that connection with the kids. You know, I, my prognosis was great. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I got to do whatever I got to do for these kids. Because clearly this has reminded me I'm not going to be here forever. And I just, I need to pour into my children and I need to make sure that under my watch, things are not going sideways. Like life goes sideways. Life's going to go sideways for every single one of my kids at some point, because that is life. We can never escape it. But under my watch, when things go sideways, I'm going to do my best to try to straighten that road, to make that crooked path straight 
I'm going to try with whatever tools I can manage. So I said, okay, we're going to do this. I gathered the toys. There's specific toys you use in these playtimes. Okay. We go over all this in nurture and play. And again, okay. The link is in the show notes, but it's nurtureandplay.com slash join. If you want to check it out. Anyway, specific toys. I gathered everything together and I started doing them with the son who at the time I did it with about, I did it with three different ones at different periods, but I started with the son who I felt like had the most problems. I'll be honest with you. I was like, this kid's got problems. He's giving me problems. We all got problems. We need to do something about this. Okay. So before I go into that a little more, let me just tell you what these playtimes are. Okay. So they're, they're 30 minute, one time a week block. You cannot do any more. You do not need to do any more. I know some, there's some, um, parenting or ideas around, we need to do 10 minutes per child per day or what? No, these are different. This is not just like sitting down by your kid and looking at them. It is a specific, um, where you use specific strategies, verbal strategies. So you it, once a week, 30 minutes, same place, same time. And it's not in their room. So it's not in a room full of toys they normally play with. These toys are not in normal toy rotation. Now you would only do maximum two kids at a time. Okay. And you do one kid, two kids at a time, and you're going to do these in about eight to 10 week series. So for example, say you try to do your daughter, Charlotte, and say you have four kids and you're going to go first with Charlotte. Charlotte is crying all the time at bedtime. She never wants you to leave her. She's very clingy, feels very emotional. You're like, I don't know if it's separation anxiety. I don't know if it's what happened. I don't know what's wrong. We're going to go, we're going to go with Charlotte first. You're going to block out. You're going to do this with Charlotte for about two months, about eight weeks. At the end of that time, you can take a pause, take a breather, give yourself a break or two. Then after that, you might think, you know, actually Landon, he really needs what too. And you're going to start them with Landon. I'm making these names up. I don't know why I just had a hard time thinking of a boy name. <laughs> Landon. I grew up with a kid named Landon. Love that kid. He actually is a dad of four now. Anyway, so you say, okay, now I'm going to do Landon for eight weeks. So you're not doing every kid all the time, but you are learning the strategies. And once you know them, and once you have these toys, you can do them with any kid at any time when is needed. Okay. So what is makes this different than just sitting down on the floor with your kid as they play is you're using coaching strategies. Now these are the same strategies, some of the same strategies used by play therapists in play therapy. Yes, that is true. But of course, play therapists go through a rigorous training. We're not trying to compete with them. If anything, this is an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure type of perspective, right? It's like when you really focus a lot on natural, healthy living at home, you go to the doctor less. The, theoretically, doctors shouldn't be upset you see them less. They should be happy that you're healthy because that's what their mission is. And I believe that'd be the same for play therapists. We're not trying to replace them. We're not trying to compete. This is a mom um, this is something you as a mother can do at home. And of course, if it gets quote above your pay grade, if it's just, you know, your child's working through something, you just can't go near, you just can't do it. It's something serious, whatever. Of course you're going to go, you know, I, I don't know. I have to give all these disclaimers. I just know how people are. We're not trying to compete. This is an ounce of prevention worth a pound to cure type of situation. And often what happens in life is that something that seems like maybe it was going to be small or looking back in our adult brain, we're like, that wasn't that big of a deal, but it made a huge impact on us as a child. And it lingered and it festered. We end up in 30 something at the therapist, like, I'm still thinking about this thing that happened in the fourth grade, you know, and this is not making us weird. This is how life works. And so part of what we do here, whenever we're supporting our kids is we're helping them work through this. Okay. So anyway, in the playtimes, 
You're using specific coaching strategies. That is what we teach. Okay. When you join this, you're going to learn the exact language of listening, playtime strategies, what you say, how to say it, what not to say, how you actually play out and do these playtimes that make them so drastically different from normal life, which is what makes them so effective. Kids just love it because it's it's nothing at all like what happens in normal life for a child, the way you're communicating, the way you're bringing out different things. It's, it's a whole, you know, we're going to go over it. It's in eight different modules. Anyway, so I start doing these and I'm like, okay, well, we'll just see how it goes. Anything, you know, can work. And w- w- the, the child I started with was my child, Owen. And he, um, he, so he has ADHD and he had this thing for, it went on for like a year where he just was so, he just felt so separate to us. Or I knew that he did because when he would get very upset, he would threaten that he was going to leave the family or he would say, I'm not part of the family. Or he would say, or if he would get mad at us, he would say, you're not part of the family. There was some issue where he felt like he didn't belong. It was a belonging, a core belonging issue. And it came out all the time. So, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know any of this was happening. Like I, and and a lot of the things that I'm sharing with you now at the time, as I was doing these playtimes, I didn't even know what was happening just after as weeks, months went on. And I saw that those things that had happened before phased out and never happened again. And I could put together their play patterns. Well, oh, because in the playtimes, part of there's certain toys you have that are nurturing toys that you help your child. And this is where they can come up with issues, sibling issues, belonging issues, family issues, and all this type of stuff. And he just played over and over and over with these nurturing things. And this went on for weeks whenever his series thing was over. And afterwards, he only one time ever said that again. And when he said it, you know, like, I'm not part of the family. It was like, he had that look, like he was looking up into the sky kind of. And then, huh, Almost like he said it, but it didn't even land. He never said it again. He has never had that issue again. I did it with another son and I put this on the page. If you go to the nurture, nurtureandplay.com slash join one of my sons, like he, he just wants to win. He's super competitive. He's a perfectionist. He wants to win. He was cheating to win. Like he would do all. So nobody wanted to play games with him because they're like, this is no fun. If he would lose, he would flip the board. I mean, it was real. Okay. It was just board games, but it was like high drama in kid world, you know? And I'm like, oh, we're going to have a game night. You're going to have to take it so, like, I don't even care if I win games. I care 0%. I barely even try. I'm like, I, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Somebody can play my hand. Like, I don't even care. This kid, no, boy, howdy, he care. So in the playtime, it was the craziest thing as it was happening. He would make, a, I mean, it was just over and over. It was about winning, about, and he would make up games. And then I talk about this on a post I have actually about being a sore loser. You could look it up, a mother far from home, sore loser, and it'll come up on my blog. But he would turn, he would make rules up. And then if I would meet them, he would change the rules. So he over and over, he would do in all the different areas, there's a lot of different toy areas that allow you to bring this type of uh, challenge up that they're going through over and over again. And afterwards, and after his series, it was like, he stopped cheating. He stopped. He, he did not lose his, his competitive desire to win, but he no longer caved if he lost. He no longer ruined our game nights. It was just like something happened inside of him where he started to see himself as a winner, I guess. And then he, I don't want to say he will let people win, but it's like he, he can, he can read the room and then not just destroy everybody. Right. That I had another son. Um, 
and this this okay so we he was three at the time we had a golf cart you know we had a truck we live out in the middle of nowhere we're in the country so he was riding at the time is that we're still on the middle of nowhere we don't have a golf cart anymore so he was right we were riding the golf cart and i got it stuck now i am not one to be upset or stressed about these things i think i said this before in another podcast or the other one of the workshops i did but like like to me, if I break down on the side of the road, unless it's like snowing, I mean, it doesn't even snow in Florida. What am I talking? Yeah. Okay. Unless we're like an actual danger. I think these things are adventures. I don't get upset. I don't get stressed. I think they're fun. So I know that I did not give this energy to him. Right. And this is something I want to, you to hit home. Everything that our kids have going on is not because we did something wrong. It's because they, and I have an email coming out about this sometime this week, if you're on my newsletter, what, what makes us have issues, quote unquote, I don't know how better way to say that, is we make what happened about us as though there's something wrong with us. Okay. So I did not put this on him is what I'm trying to say. Well, then I go get a truck to pull the golf cart out and I get the truck stuck. So now the kids are like in the back of the truck and we're trying to go and we get it stuck. So we call our neighbor, Jason. Hey, Jason. I'm just kidding. No way Jason's listening to this. But anyway, Jason is, is one of our household heroes. So anyhow, Jason comes over with his truck and he gets his truck stuck. So anyway, it was a, like, by now this is funny, right? Okay, we're laughing. Well, my son, he was not okay. He was so distressed. So he took on something, this thing about being stuck and not being able to get out. It was like this, I don't know, I think it's slightly different word than claustrophobia, but it's some similar word. I, I confuse them, the two. I think it might even start with a C, but anyway. And I started to notice he was just like terrified of this stuck issue. I even bought like a little book. I'm reading him this little book about getting stuck. Well, I knew it came to a head because we're watching this. We're on one on a little road trip and we had Thomas the tank engine in the van. And there's a part where somebody's standing in a hole and they're pouring concrete in. And he had an actual panic attack. I mean, like, I mean, okay. It only lasted a little bit because we shut the movie off, but I was like, Oh my goodness, it's solidified to me that he really had this issue. So when we were doing his playtimes, I uh, excuse me that the sound just changed. I just moved the mic. So I think it's now closer up, but I hope it's okay. So he started, he, we have we have all these animals that do different things in there and there's some Play-Doh in there. He started every single week. He would start off doing other things because he was trying to work himself up to the real challenge he was trying to work through. Okay. And again, you can't just do this on your own. Well, I mean, you can go do whatever you want to do on your own, but there are specific verbal type of strategies that we use that push them and propel them forward into facing these issues. He started getting everything stuck in Play-Doh and cutting it out with the little plastic knife getting it stuck, cutting it out over and over and over for weeks until he was done and he just stopped. And then since then, he has never had a single issue of getting stuck, being stuck, not being able to get out. I mean, it's just insane. And, and now that might seem like, oh, whatever, whatever's like, I mean, you know, who even cares? But these are big things. Like these are the type of things that stick around and cause us drama later. And there, this was 30 minutes, one time a week. And I help my kids do this. So this is such an empowering tool that moms can have at home. And you'll know like, okay, one of my colleagues, she has two daughters and one of them was having massive school anxiety. And this is how the child was able to work through and, and work up to feeling like they were able to accomplish that challenge. And so, or not accomplish the challenge, but rise up to the challenge, I guess. Um, and what I even noticed was funny, actually, my kids would start to have these playtimes with each other. Like they would say, I'm going to have a playtime. And then because it, it was so 
Uh, it built them up so much. It became something that was so special to them because it's nothing like normal life. And it's you. It's the mom who loves them. I mean, it's it's just, you know, I could go on and on. So for such a short investment of time and money, um, because once you gather the toys, I mean, you, you know, you'll obviously pay for the program, but the program is more or less, I mean, I think, and, and I lowered it right now because I know that where the economy is going, I wanted to make it accessible to as many moms as possible. And we have a, even have a six month payment plan. At that point, it's basically less than taking four kids to Taco Bell. But anyway, uh, a month, but um for so, and then once you gather the toys, you can make some of these toys even. You can gather them at thrift stops. It doesn't really matter. You just have to make sure they're not in rot- normal rotation. The toys you use for the playtimes can't be in normal rotation, okay? So for such a short amount of time, it's it's insane what the dividends are. The kids will draw on it all week. My kids would be like, what day is it? You know, especially when they were really little and, you know, kids don't know what day it is, right? <laughs> but they know like on Tuesday we're doing the playtimes. So they're like, what day is it? How many days? Um... It just, it really, I, it, it was like an anchoring point for them, you know, and it brings a chance for them to bring. So, so no, things that can seem normal to adults and we're like, oh, you're fine. They can be meaningful for kids. I actually read a book about playtimes and it was a, another therapeutic. It was for moms though. And so the main example going through this book was a child. I think he was like 11 at the time and he was in a dark, dark place drawing really dark sort of like that somebody else would have felt were super creepy, wickety type pictures, like just communicating his extreme distress. And as the book progressed and she talked about doing these playtimes with her child and how he just really kind of transformed before her eyes. And within, I don't know what, I, I hate to give a time frame, but you know, it wasn't overnight, you know, months, few months, how much, how much of a difference he made. But one example she gives in the book of somebody she worked with was a little girl whose um, grandmother or grandparent had passed away. And you know, when you go to a funeral, they put the, the, the casket in the ground. And so this little girl was having her playtimes and she was like kind of burying stuff and sticking her head down in a hole and speak over. And I'm was like, I don't even know what's going on, but it doesn't really matter because this is a huge point. For you to support your kids and what's going through and help them break through these issues, you don't even got to know what they're, you don't even got to know what's going on because, and half the time the kids don't know how to say it anyway. They don't like think about things that have really bothered you. I can think about this now at my age or like even in my mid thirties where I, it's like, I don't even know why I feel like this. I don't even know what it is. I, and much less young children, you know, so you don't even have to know because what happens in these playtimes is you're setting the environment for them to be able to play it out. And you might in retrospect, be able to figure out what they were doing, but you don't even need to because they're doing it. So and this, which leads me to another reason I don't even have here in my outline that is so important is that one thing that these playtimes did for me is they showed me proof with my eyes that my kids can rise up and meet their own needs in this time. I see them. I see that they can play through these challenges. It, it totally changed the way I saw my kids. I saw them. Now, this was around the same time I had that same breakthrough during this period when I had cancer, where my kids are not me. And even if I'm not here, they'll always be connected to me. And they they are, quote, mine, but they're, they are their own people. It was just this massive break in enmeshment, I guess is what they're going to call it now. But I started to see my kids as they were no longer as fragile as I thought they were. They, it's like the way I viewed them changed how I treated them. And when I saw them, these playtimes just proved to me how capable my kids were, you know, and I began to be able to do a lot of, 
you know, I had less angst. I had less anxiety in my parenting because I was just like, oh, my kids can handle it. And actually, I had a mom tell me this this week. Since she, she's been working on having her boundaries, every time she needed to kind of hold a boundary with her kids, not every time, but, you know, she would get very nervous. Or, and as she started to do it and as they started to be able to adapt, she began to be more confident. Oh, I don't have to do this thing I don't want to do. My kids can handle it, right? So it takes us through this whole process. These playtimes are very therapeutic, even for mom. But so you actually start to see and know that your kids can work out their issues and you don't even need all the answers. You just need to be there and help them work through it. So to me, I view these as just the greatest privilege as a mom. And now I have, there has been a time a couple of years ago when we had a big family crisis. I, and I just couldn't, the, the, the playtimes were an option, but it was too close for me. I couldn't do it. And I took them in to, to, it wasn't quite play therapy, but it was a Christian counselor near. So again, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting these things at competing, but I feel that these, and actually right when we start these nurture and play, I'm going to do two, two of my kids at the same time as you mamas who are doing it with me. But it's such a privilege because when things get unaddressed and unresolved and we hold that tension in our bodies as children, they remain and they linger and they fester as adults. And I'm not saying this to be fear mongering. This is just how life works. Okay. This is how it works for everybody. So it is such a privilege to be able to come alongside our kids and help them work through this. And I'm going to tell you something right before I go, I always try to keep these under like 25 minutes. Um, cause I could go on and on y'all know, but one of the things that it, it makes it, I guess, so, so important is that we who love them the most are able to give them a space to bring these things out and to play them through, to work them through. And then it just gives our kids confidence. It gives them security and it is different. It is more, you, these are professional skills you're going to learn essentially. They're, and you don't have to use them any other time but the play times, but they are professional skills that just Help bring forward what needs to come out. Like how amazing is it if we can help our kids, you know, resolve some of these things as they happen? Because life always happens. Life always happens. Life always happens, right? So if your kids get having issues or having struggles, it's not because you just did something wrong. We have this sense that like, oh, my kid wouldn't have school anxiety. If I had been perfect, they wouldn't have anxiety. Eh, no, some kids just going to have it for whatever reason. They make it about themselves. This is, I hate to bring spirituality in and say we're in a fallen world, but in the sense that we are all kind of given to sort of decay, we're given to, it, it things are given to going wrong. People, we, we, blame ourselves. We, we even you, I think you get where I'm going here. You can't have been so perfect. Your kids have no issues. That's just not how it works. They have them. And this is one tool of many. I'm not saying it's the only tool, obviously, but this is one tool of many possible tools that can help your child be able to resolve some of these things so that they just don't stick. And I just, it, it's just been one of the most transformative things that I have done as a parent. And I am just extending you this invitation. We're going to get going strong on September 26th, which is a Tuesday. So after the 25th, it's not mid, it's like 2 a.m. It's going to, it's going to close. You know, it's an automatic redirect um, in California time, Pacific time, just so that the morning after we've got it all settled, closed, we can focus on the moms who've gotten in, getting them ready, getting us going. I'll probably open it up again in about six months. I don't know. We'll see because it's, you know, we're going to do this for two months here. And you're going to get a lot of coaching. Like, and and it, if there's not that many people that join, you're going to get even more coaching. Okay. So basically, we're in the group, we're going to have calls. 
I'm going to help coach you. Things are going to come up, right? We're going to do this together. You are not alone in your parenting. And I don't want you to feel alone because some of the biggest things that have made me more peaceful as a mom have just come through doing things like this and the coaching that you're going to get in this, you're just, you're going to think is one of the biggest investments that one of the best return on investments that you've ever made for your parenting. So again, if you're interested, go to nurtureandplay.com slash join. And you can always email me with any questions that you have, Rachel at a motherfarfromhome.com. Thanks for listening, mom. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, A Mother Far From Home, and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five-star review, and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.